my name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It's a well-known fact that part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and current affairs. And to this end, I'm delighted to say you're joined on today's show by Genevieve Tizay, a Chartered Institute of Marketing Certified Strategic Marketing Professional and Managing Director of Face TV UK, a full-service video and filmed content agency based in Hampshire. Um, Genevieve, very warm welcome to yourself, and thanks for joining us on the programme today. Thank you, Scott. Still to be here. It's fantastic welcoming you onto the show as well, Genevieve. And obviously, I've only given a very brief outline there as to yourself and what it is that you specialise in. But just for those listeners that might not be familiar with you, perhaps you'd like to sort of expand on that for us and tell us exactly what it is that you do in your own words. Thank you. Yes, well, I'd like to think of myself as a communications professional. Uh, I work with a lot of organizations to really establish uh, how they communicate both internally and externally to individuals and influence their behaviors and uh, in many cases uh, create cultures. And it's very exciting actually when you look at the statistics in terms of video, uh, for example, and how video is used in marketing and communications. And when you apply a strategy, um, the results are incredible and actually deeply measurable. Um, So, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, delivering results uh, for people uh, in a number of ways, uh, whether that's objectives in terms of galvanizing internal behaviors or, in fact, getting your customers or prospects to behave in a certain way. Absolutely fantastic. And did you always understand sort of early on in your career then that sort of marketing and that field of specialism would be your calling or would you say you kind of fell into it? Well, I went to a fine arts school and I really wanted to be an actress. And when I was 17, I traipsed up and down the streets of London with my portfolio and and my my amateur acting experience and my little CV. Um, And funny enough, I did get taken by an agency. They liked my natural look, but of course, they they all want you to pay up front for your photography and so on. And and I soon realized I actually have really bad stage fright. Um, and before that, I even wanted to be a doctor and I found out that I'm quite squeamish. So I feel very lucky uh, to, you know, to be on the other side of the camera. And in some ways, it's a lot more fulfilling. Uh, I'm very grateful. I'm, you know, in a position where I'm, I'm helping to lead and, and direct, you know, actors and, and talent, um, which is a privilege. So, uh, and in fact, it was something I always wanted to do, um, but it wasn't until I was 30 and, and I had been in various creative roles. Uh, marketing, sales, certainly, uh, and also management. Um, but it wasn't until I uh, had a life experience uh, personally that made me think, actually, I really have always wanted to be in entertainment. And I went into the local radio station, funnily enough, to purchase tickets to the fireworks event and just had a moment where I said, you know, have you got any jobs? And the programming director was in there at the time. And you could just tell on his face. And, and you know, I've experienced that many time since instantaneously the answer was no you know because everybody wants a job at the radio station and then I was just about to go out the door and I I had my daughter with me and he called out to me and he said well you know what do you do and I said well I have a good 10 to 12 years of uh, you know sales experience and and management uh, experience and uh, that was it I had a job by the end of the week and and it was exciting but it was an account manager role you know so I really did kind of have to start again Um, and it it was wonderful and within a year they did promote me into management and and I really I think some of my best learning um, has been in in media Uh, you know the the learning in terms of understanding behaviors communications 
um, and marketing and sales, uh, and, and I've never looked back. Yeah, it's a fantastic journey that you've been on, and I can imagine that you've probably sort of learnt an awful lot that has sort of carried over into sort of your personal leadership style while being on that journey, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I find um, I think my my leadership approach it can be unorthodox, um, but my you know I've, I've had the privilege of retaining. Uh, you know, many people in, in across many teams over the years, you know, sometimes even the ones that, that maybe, you know, it's time for them to move on. Um, and, you know, really it's about treating people uh, with respect and, and, it, and it becomes very mutual. Uh, and I'm pleased now, actually, I've seen a real shift and a real, um, uh, uh, you know, people kind of embracing this new style. Um, and, and I think it really does deliver great teams, great rewards, and ultimately great results for customers in your business. It does, doesn't it? Because I suppose what you've got to do if you are going to essentially make a successful business, it's not just about improving the uh, the customer experience, is it? The experience for the end user. I guess it's about making sure the experience of your employees is also being raised in tandem with that. And if you have happy employees, you're going to ultimately have happy customers as well. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, your culture is uh, is spilling over into all of your communications, um, and that's you know that really circles back nicely to you know what we started to discuss in terms of communications. If your team, if your processes, if your products aren't aligned, um, then you know that is what you are projecting out into the market. Um, and even our markets are sentiment orientated, aren't they? Um, they're based on on customer confidence and sentiment. So. Whilst, you know, for years, I think that there's a fluff factor that um, that people refer to. Actually, those nuances, that, that EQ element um, drives a lot of, of what happens in the markets and has done for, for, you know, as long as we can remember. And let's certainly talk about marketing because um, I actually had somebody come onto the program a few weeks ago who suggested that sales is actually a subset of marketing rather than it actually being the other way around. So um, essentially, when we think of marketing, during times of economic hardship, much like the one that we find ourselves in, you have businesses that will essentially bootstrap and rein in on spend. And often the marketing budget is one of those things that can sort of fall by the wayside and certainly be cut back. Whereas other businesses... They might think that, well, my competitors aren't spending, so I'm going to take that gamble of doubling down on marketing. And then when the recovery eventually comes around, we're in a best position to capitalise because, you know, we're the brand that's got our name out there. So is there real value, actually, Genevieve, from your perspective in actually, you know, during times like this, spending more on marketing rather than cutting back? Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's not just an opinion. There's there's precedent and plenty of research and, and big brands that we can, you know, you've all heard about uh, the sports brands that, that have continued to market. Uh, we're previously on par and, you know, uh, these brands that haven't marketed are, are left in the dust, uh, you know, decades later. So it isn't a matter of opinion. It's it's a matter of, of precedent and, and research to show um, that in, in times of economic downturn, that is when uh, marketing should be a priority. Now, Notwithstanding the fact that sometimes it's just simply not feasible from a cash flow perspective, and that's where you know you really need to look at measuring 
what you're doing um, and that it's all joined up. I mean, the amount of organizations I've worked with that have fantastic budgets, amazing initiatives, but they're all running in silo, um, whether it's uh, on a department or a platform or by individuals. And the, the, the beauty of a strategy is that it's going to save you money. It's going to ensure that everything you're doing is considered and most importantly, measured. Um, so, you know, for those businesses that, you know, my heartfelt understanding of the fact that's all very well, um, but if the money's not there, um, then, you know, it, it's not necessarily feasible to up marketing spend, even though that is undoubtedly the best approach because your competitors are going to pull back. Your, you know, your, your dollar's going to go further, your noise is going to be louder for the fact that you're going to market even harder during economic downturn. So certainly, um, you know, that's where creativity is really important. That's where the content of your communication starts to really matter. And there's some really amazing statistics around video. And I think we all know that, you know, video is, is, is always going to be, you know, more of a go-to than perhaps an email or a newsletter. People just simply aren't reading perhaps the way they used to. They haven't the same time, attention span. Um, and, you know, an, an adult in the UK, for example, will watch on average five hours of video in a single week. And that's excluding any subscriber services, you know, not, not including any kind of television consumption or Netflix or, or subscriber methodology. And when we consider that each video, you know, the uh, ideal length is between 30 seconds and two minutes. Well, that's a lot of content, is it not? Um, and we're talking kind of in excess of 70% of the UK population, 18 and above. And one final statistic, actually, which is really compelling, is if we look at Instagram as a platform, 25% uh, of uh, individuals that have viewed a, a video with the brand that features within the first three seconds have actually gone on to make a purchase. Um, so that, you know, these are sort of, this is what we need. We need the reassurance and the confidence and the measurability um, in terms of absolutely everything that you do when you are, especially when you are marketing during economic downturn. Exactly right. And I suppose um, it's acknowledging as well the channels that are working because I suppose during the uh, the pandemic, for instance, I mean, we saw a huge return to not just, of course, our marketing through the Internet because everybody, of course, was uh, was working from home. Um, but as well as that, um, there was also the return to people sending out posts and flyers and those sorts of things, wasn't there? Because pe they knew that people would be at home and they knew that people would be exposed to these things. So it's acknowledging exactly what's going to work at a certain time. Absolutely. And, and remembering the power of your people. Uh, I mean, the one thing you have, you know, you're, you're already, the overheads are already there. Um, you know, making sure that your people are, are energized, enthusiastic about your brand um, and making consistent, positive connections with other people. You know, you're already paying for, for that. Um, and so that that is something worth focusing on. Um, I always and I'm sure your members have heard this a lot, but, you know, the whole brand and marketing, you know, brand, um, you know, is is a very important matter, but it is separate in a way from marketing. And as you've already alluded to, the sales element and, and where does that feature? And it's it's hard to categorize that because really they, they are just all in the same team. Um, and, you know, I've seen uh, a lot of um, teams in businesses again, function in a very disparate manner. Um, particularly, you might have, you know, I noticed in, in, in radio, you'd have your programming departments um, and then you'd have your sales departments and, you know, they sort of, 
you know, they didn't, they weren't particularly friendly with each other. But when you, when you created a culture that showed that, you know, without sales, there would be no programming and without programming, there is no sales and you get them working together, that's, that's very powerful stuff. Um, and then, you know, the idea around marketing is very much the reason that, you know, is like asking someone out on a date and brand is the reason that they say yes. And so I think in times of economic downturn, there is an opportunity to be more introspective and to think about, you know, what is your brand about and who are you? And I remember, you know, 20, 30 years ago when someone said, what are our brand values? You know, the directors would sort of cough and think, oh, what a waste of time. And now we've really come a long way, haven't we? Because we know, you know, our millennials are not going to buy if you haven't established some really strong ethical values. And so, you know, not just looking at spending money during economic downturn for marketing, but actually taking time to think about, well, what is our brand? What are we about? And who are we so that our employees can really get on the bus and then be your ambassadors out there, which is deeply effective and, you know, a really good uh, way of managing costs. It is, isn't it? And um, I suppose, as you mentioned there, lining up with purpose, it's almost an important element of risk management now, isn't it? Because if you don't sort of make yourself aligned with, you know, why you're there and you align your team with that, you make that message clear to your sort of target market as well. As you mentioned, we've got the millennials, we've got Generation Z coming through. People essentially going to move away from you towards other businesses, aren't they? So when it comes to business leaders and the need to consider various aspects, it's important not just from a consumer habits changing perspective, but also in terms of recruitment and retention, isn't it? Because it's not just the priorities of consumers that are changing, it's employees as well, it's teams that you're trying to assemble. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest challenge with every single business leader that I've spoken to probably in the past 18 months is around recruitment and retention. Um, And, you know, a lot of our content, um, you know, many of the projects we're working on right now are around uh, messaging for recruitment, both in the UK and abroad. And that's, you know, across industry. So the, the most resonating pattern right now is we simply can't attract the people that we need. So you're absolutely right, Scott, that, you know, the importance of taking time to think about who are we, what are we about, and what have we got to offer, not just to our customers, but to our employees, because in a way they are one and the same. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's really reassuring that, that we're starting to, to recognize that. But that then needs to translate into our comms. Um, and the amount of, you know, organizations that approach me, right, we, you know, we need to do video. And, and that's great, you know, and I say, okay, well, why? Well, you know, everybody's doing it. We need it for social media. And, and you know, Simon Sinek will say, well, you know, know your why. And, and it really, again, it's so prevalent because, you know, unless you really understand the reason and the behaviors um, and the journey that the viewer is going to go through when they consume this content, then any investment simply won't deliver. So, uh, you know, I do encourage organizations to actually, you know, before you start planning what you're doing, before you stick your managing director, you know, in a studio in front of a green screen to introduce the business, 
um, just consider who your viewer is and how you want them to feel and what you want them to do after they viewed the content. And most importantly, exactly which platforms you intend to distribute. So it's again tying into that strategy. What is your strategy? Does it tie into your internal comms as well? And and again, you know, how are you going to measure it? So if you if you think about that before you even commission a production. Um, and that's where we are quite different at Face TV. You know, most production companies will take the brief, make the stuff and hand it back. You know, we're, we're a bit nosier than that. We, we want to know why you're making it and, you know, what it is that you need to achieve and how you're going to measure it. And, and in many ways, we have customers that originally commission us for production, but then go on and, and we um, help them in terms of distribution as well. So really, you, you want a marketing partner that is genuinely vested in the outcomes for you, not just in the deliverables. And, and I would really encourage organizations and leaders to consider that and, and make that a priority. And again, it ties into purpose, doesn't it? You're sort of asking before you even go about servicing, why are you trying to do this? And don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. There's got to be the story behind it. There's got to be the purpose. And that ultimately is how you're going to get the best out of it. And uh, it's been really interesting kind of getting insight into into that approach and obviously why it's so, so important, certainly in the context of uh, this day and age. And uh, just before we, we sort of wrap up, uh, Genevieve, I'd like to kind of get an idea as to sort of what your priorities are going to be over the course of this sort of next 12 months as you know business is looking to navigate what is a tricky economic period but we're going to see those businesses that are looking to you know really reaffirm their purpose and double down on marketing and there's going to be a lot of opportunities there for you surely absolutely i mean we're finding um that the projects that we're now uh, looking at are working in a three-phased approach so businesses are now coming to us and saying well actually can you can you do the research um, to help us decide how we make this content. Um, we've got two major projects at the moment, um, very focused on education. And, you know, they originally said, right, we want 10 films about this, this, and this. And, and we did our thing where we said, okay, why? And, um, and they realized that they, they hadn't actually considered the people they were producing this for. And so research is so important. So I'm finding that our product and service uh, delivery is is shifting. You know, we are diversifying um, into that, you know, that initial research phase, which I, you know, I find that incredibly exciting because that means that when I produce the, the first stage uh, research document, there's really clear substantiation for why we should make something a certain way um, and why it'll work. And it's not based on finger in the wind or, 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 or you know, uh, third party hearsay. It's based on actual research and interviews with the people that we want to influence. So I think for Face TV, you know, that's an extra, you know, not only um, are we able to help with the distribution and the measuring of the content, you know, we've obviously produced the content, but we can actually also help you decide exactly which content you want to make. And, you know, I just want to talk about very briefly that the journey in that you can do all that, but they're still ultimately going to pick up the phone or end up on your website. So if those things aren't, you know, as strong as they should be, um, then that's where we work quite closely with, with partners, for example, Digital House. Um, with one of our, our trusted partners for website development. And that's just, again, taking accountability for the product that, that, that we're delivering. So, um, you know, your partners whom you work with, 
you know, make sure those relationships are, are really strong uh, because that's what, again, will really assist in terms of economic downturn to make sure that you do stand out as a, a, a you know, and achieve that differentiation and excellence in, in whichever industry uh, your provision is. Exactly right. It's food for thought, isn't it, for any young entrepreneur or business leader that may be tuning into this particular podcast today. And uh, I would certainly urge um, anybody who, you know, might be sort of purpose driven and might understand that they do need a video campaign to look at Face TV and uh, the work that Genevieve does. I mean, there's some absolutely fantastic stuff there to uh, certainly check out. And um, for anybody as well who, you know, this uh, what we've been discussing today may well resonate with you. You can actually um, leave a comment with us or ask a question. You can do that directly via leaderscouncil.com co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us if you'd like to do that or if you are the head of an organization or business yourself and you'd like to appear on our program to bring your perspective to the discussion table you can do so via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply just to advise you on that as well um, for now um, it has been an immense pleasure welcoming face tv's genevieve tazane onto today's show and thank you genevieve for coming on to talk all things leadership and marketing with us and it would be my pleasure actually to catch up at some point in the uh, the future and have you back on the show just to see what sort of things businesses are beginning to prioritize on the marketing front over the months ahead and uh, just how you've been helping them really sort of bring that to life thank you scott it would be my pleasure welcoming you back in the future genevieve and to everybody listening in to the Today's episode of the